Hello, I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Yes, indeed. And now this this book, uh, Joe Walton's uh, Lent, is reality and fantasy and religion <laughs> all mixed and together. And history, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's all that stuff. There's so many layers. Mm-hmm. Many layers, mm-hmm. many layers. Yes. So this this book just came out, um, and uh, we're recording this in July of 2019. It's episode 212, um, but it's called Lent. And then the, I guess if you call it a subtitle on the front, it says a novel of many returns. And I love the cover art. It's oh really yes, cool. that's great. Isn't it? Really nice, nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, I, I'm just. Joe Walton writes like a different thing every single time she writes, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. You know, every one that, that I've read, and it hasn't been a ton, but they're so different from uh, anything else that I can see that she's written. Uh, it's a really impressive. Probably yeah, keeping herself you... interested that way. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. even though you can always tell it's her somehow, mm. but it's not, they aren't the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, just terrific. Yeah, and I like her style a lot. I do too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that said, um, well, and wow. we discussed her book among others. We did with Brother Guy. Yeah, Brother Guy Consolmagno. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I'll I'll put a link to that episode in the uh, show notes here. Yeah, he's he's a huge fan of hers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. Absolutely yeah. right. So, uh, what is this book? Which we can't say too much about. We can't. It's it's hard. You know, we really need to get into spoiler territory because that is where all of the interesting stuff is. Um, but if we were, well, if you were to describe this book to somebody to get them to read it, uh, what would you say? I would say it's about 16th century Florence. Mm-hmm. A devout and talented priest, Girolamo, who can see demons and cast them into hell. So that's the fantasy part. Yeah. Um, he's very involved in the politics of the time, and that is based on real history. And he's got the gift of prophecy, and he's so likable. And he's trying to make Florence into the Ark of God. So he's, he's working for everyone's holiness. Mm-hmm. And then he discovers something very surprising about himself at a very surprising moment in the book. And everything just goes very interesting places after that. I keep using the word interesting, (laughs) but, you know, it's this thing where you just kind of go, wait, what just happened? Hold on. (laughs) And then you kind of can't quit reading it. It was very surprising. Mm -hmm. Very surprising. More than one review that I've read said um, that they had to get into it, you know, and they were reading a while and then suddenly it become unput downable. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they, they, it gets to a certain point and it's just like, you've hit the, you've hit the top of the hill and now you're racing down. (laughs) I think that's it. And for me, I was really interested in the historical part. So as he's going along and 
talking to the city leaders and trying to figure out how are they going to keep Charles the seventh or eighth of France mm. from invading them and all these various things. I was really interested in it, but if you're not interested in that, that's going to be the part that you're just kind of reading going, when's something going to happen aside mm. from him casting out a few demons here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not well versed in that period of history at all. No, so I, I was reading it not knowing if this was accurate or anything, mm -hmm. um, but I did find it interesting. Well, and in the afterward, which do not read the afterward until afterward, mm -hmm. um, Walton, Joe Walton does say that history is accurate. Oh, nice. And some mm -hmm. of it she took from um, diaries and letters, like the part about the bonfire of the vanities. Yes, Okay which I'd only heard of as a title of a book. <laughs> I didn't know it was oh, that's, a, what that's it was. that's refreshing because that's, yeah, when I read that, I was like, oh yeah, I know that's a, that's a book title. Um, yeah. But I didn't realize that that was gotten from something at all. That was how new I was to this. Me too. History. Yeah. And, um, and um, I've only used this character's first name because I didn't want to give people a frame of reference. So, I'm, this is going to start to be in spoiler territory, I mm -hmm. think. Okay. Um, so this, I don't know how you say his name, Savranolo? Savranolo sounds sounds good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to mm -hmm. us it sounds good. It sounds, yeah, it sounds and terrific. It, if you know how to Therefore, say it, and that's not it. Therefore, it is how it is like, said. Yeah. <laughs> in our reality, uh -huh. it's correct. Yep. So um, he is, I, when the name comes up, which it doesn't do for a little while, I went, oh, I've kind of heard of this guy, but I didn't have any frame of reference, good or evil or whatever. And then I put a link to my review on Facebook where somebody said, I don't know, this sounds like it makes this guy seem good instead of evil. And I was like, hey, it's historical fantasy. I don't know anything about it, but you know what the author's doing needs this person to be this way. And he said, I'm a historian. You know, hmm. I'm like, okay. So I didn't realize this is a polarizing topic mm. <laughs> until I read the afterword and I looked up a little bit about him on Wikipedia, not much, not that I really remember much of it, trying to get a sense of, oh, is he the Hitler of his time? What's going on? And the Wikipedia page didn't really have a leaning one way or the other. It just said some people think he's, you know, was wonderful. Some people excoriate him for things mm. like the bonfire of the vanities and um, because the idea that's taken away a lot of the times evidently is that everybody had to bring out everything fun and good and vain that they had and they put it on this huge structure and then they burn it up and everybody mm -hmm. cheer and have a big party, I guess, without anything fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just the yeah. fun of the fire. But um, in the book, the way it's told is people are bringing representative things. Mm, yeah. It's not everything they have. And um, Girolamo is going through things going, oh, oh, okay, it's okay that this book is on here because there are a lot of copies of it. So it's fine. Mm. <laughs> it's not the only copy. He's making, you know, and, he, and Botticelli brings some pictures to put on it. Yeah. And um, I thought that was really, that was a really fascinating little period there. Yeah. And somebody came and wanted to purchase the whole thing before he right. burned it. Because they well, were going to sell all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'll take all this away for you. For, and here's a bunch of money. Yeah, you can give like, it to no, the poor. No, we can't do that. This is 
this is for God and everything. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, it's symbolic. Yeah, and he it's, was tempted, mm-hmm. but so um, so the way people look at that very incident, you know, like oh, it was a moderate thing and it was doing this and or and it's for fun or it's um, evil because they took he took away everything and he was an extreme fundamentalist. And in the book, they show people who don't like him and mm. what their attitude toward him is. But the author is clearly fond of him, and therefore, if we don't have a preconception, we're also fond of him, I would say. Yeah, I would say too. Because he's trying as hard as he can, because you see his internal life. He loves God. He wants to please him. He wants everybody to be able to go to heaven. So, he's helping him best as he can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway. Taking... Uh, uh, satisfaction you know he would he would call it pride you know he talked a lot about Mm. the sin of pride and how he needed to get over it (laughs) you know that was always what he'd confess pride pride he was not wrong yep (laughs) and then um but he would go like to the you know the city walls in florence and there would be demons crawling trying to get in Mm. but because of him (laughs) you know and the and the prayer life that he has created inside um, amongst the people, uh, these demons are not able to get in. Yeah. Yeah. They trust him. He, um, his sermons are very inspirational mm-hmm. and, um, he can get them all fired up. So right. they want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and even when he's got the people on his side and everything, political, um, factions start to fight with each other. So, it's not like his his wanting to make Florence an Ark of God is um, totally effective. I mean, it's very realistic sounding. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Everything that happens, you know, and then he's battling with the people who want to be extremists among his religious groups. Mm-hmm. And anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, um, to give uh, people a taste of the fantasy before we jump 100% into spoiler territory, <laughs> yeah. um, because this is at the very beginning, uh, we see what the demons are like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he walks into a convent that has called on him to come and uh, get rid of some demons. And they're like crawling all over the walls and things. And he can see them. And some of the characters can see just shadows of them. Some of them can feel that they're present, but actually can't see anything. And other ones are completely oblivious. They just know that weird things are happening, so there must be something to come take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but he's able to uh, send them to hell, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, saying things in the name of Christ and making a circle with his fingers and the um, the uh, demons kind of rush through their his hand. I mean, it, it's just really cool imagery mm-hmm. that Joe Walton has done. And the demons themselves are all almost like Dante-esque, you know. Uh, there's a lot oh, yeah. of description of, you know, uh, what they look like, and they all look different. You know, some of mm-hmm. them walk around on the ceiling like a crab, you know. Other ones, you know, just <laughs> hanging from sconces and things, um, you know, just, just all over wreaking havoc. And, uh, you know, they don't like to see him show up. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. they know he's going to get rid of them. That's right. Yeah, you're going back. Mm-hmm. See you later. Yep. So. But that's how he helps keep the city going. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 
It's fun. I mean, that, that was really cool. So yeah, yeah. So, you, so you do have all this, you know, historical fiction going on at the same time where he's able to do that. And every now and then he'll, there'll be a demon up in the corner of a room or something. And then if he's <laughs> up to it, you know, he'll just get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he leaves it. Yeah. So that's the fantasy part of this book. So it's a historical fantasy set in the late 1400s. Oh, was it the 1400s? I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. I got that wrong. Oh, did you? Okay. I no, said 16th oh, okay. century. Yeah, it's 15th. Um, it's really late 15th, though, into the 16th. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So, okay. okay. Well, we need to we need to jump 100% into spoilers because we got a lot okay. to talk about. Oh, there my are gosh. things. <laughs> yes. If you haven't read so, it, you're yeah. not going to want to listen to this anyway. So, yeah. go get it, read yeah. it. It's totally good. And mm-hmm. I've seen mostly really positive reviews um, from religious and secular yeah, oriented me too. people. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the few that I've seen that have not been positive have said, I didn't understand what this book was about. And Mm. I'm like, that means you can't relate to religion at all. Mm. Um, Right. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So we are in this territory now. Okay. Um, So so what did he find out about himself? It was so important. He's a demon. (laughs) He is a demon himself. Yeah. He is a prince of hell. Right. And And that just opens up so much, you know, and, um, (laughs) Yeah. So the uh, the the whole idea that a demon would want to be redeemed is brand new for me. I've never read anything like that, and it turns out I think you showed me a review in which it actually had a word. <laughs> this mm-hmm. idea, I guess, is something that has been in the past. That there's some word um, that says, you know, this is. Do you, I don't know if you remember what the word is. Well, if hold on just one second, let me find it. It's a very long word. Apocatastasis. Apocatastasis. Mm. Yes. Gesundheit. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? Uh, so that is, I assume, a word because of uh, people had this philosophy that maybe, maybe the demons that are in hell would have realized that they made an error. And want to be back in the presence of God, and then somehow they would be allowed to do so after uh, purgatory type punishment. Yeah, and it's um, so the word itself. I found it now. It's I, not how to say it though. It's a Greek word, and it essentially means that um, everything will be restored to its original condition. Hmm. So the idea in theology is that a time will come when all free creatures will share in the grace of salvation in a special way, the devils and lost souls. And so St. Gregory of Nyssa, I don't know how you say that either. Sorry, everyone. Um, He taught this explicitly all over the place. Hmm. And um, then later came St. Augustine, who was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Because then free will means nothing. Interesting. Everything you've chosen, um, it's basically, it says, um, it's contrary to the doctrine of the necessity of grace. Wow. I guess maybe, and I haven't read on it in detail, obviously, but, um, you know, the idea is that 
God doesn't punish, but he corrects. So everything on his part is remedial and the demons can be redeemed just like people can be redeemed. And Catholic theology basically says, you know, when the angels chose to go with God or go against God and then fell, they they have a different kind of a mentality mm. than we do and soul mm-hmm. than we do. Yeah. So their decision is complete and for always. That's fantastic. That's fascinating. I, I, I didn't mean to say that fantastic. It was fascinating. Yeah. So I've got the catechism in front of me. Oh, excellent. That's because, much better. <laughs> no, but it says exactly what you said. So oh. if I'll just read, uh, this is 391 through 394. Okay. I think it gives us a good frame of reference. So okay. uh, the section is called the fall of angels. And it says, 391, uh, behind the disobedient choice of our first parents lurks a seductive voice opposed to God, which makes them fall into death out of envy. Scripture and the church's tradition see in, see this being a fallen angel, see in this being a fallen angel, sorry, called Satan or the devil. The church teaches that Satan was at first a good angel made by God. The devil and other demons were indeed created naturally good by God but they became evil by their own doing. 392 says, Scripture speaks of the sin of these angels. This fall consists in the free choice of these created spirits who radically and irrevocably rejected God and his reign. We find a reflection of that rebellion in the tempter's words to our first parents, you will be like God. The devil has Mm. sinned from the beginning he is a liar and the father of lies. And then here in 393 is, is what you said. It is the irrevocable character of their choice and not a defect in the infinite divine mercy that makes the angels' sin unforgivable. There is no repentance for the angels after their fall, just as there is no repentance for men after death. And then 394, scripture witnesses to the disastrous influence of the one Jesus calls a murderer from the beginning, who Mm. would even try to divert Jesus from the mission received from his father. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. In its consequences, the gravest of these works was the mendacious seduction that led man man to disobey God. And then um, a little bit of 395, because I think it's pertinent too. The power of Satan is, nonetheless, not infinite. He is only a creature, powerful from the fact that he is pure spirit, but still a creature. He cannot prevent the building up of God's reign. Although Satan may act in the world out of hatred for God and his kingdom in Christ Jesus, and although his action may cause grave injuries of a spiritual nature, and indirectly even of a physical nature, to each man and to society, the action is permitted by divine providence which with strength and gentleness guides human and cosmic history. It is a great mystery that providence should permit diabolical activity, but we know that in everything God works for good with those who love him. That's the catechism. I feel like I want to say amen, so I will. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So that's the catechism. Again, 391 through 395 I actually read. So So it is... uh, it is not a teaching of the Catholic Church that uh, a demon could be redeemed. And again, um, so I'm understanding what you said. The, it is the irrevocable character of their choice, which means angels are different from us, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was interesting that you put it that way. 
Um, it is, it is, yeah, it is something in the difference between how an angel is and how a, a man is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, we are on a different path from them. I mean, they are created and whatever that moment of choice is or whatever happened to cause a rebellion or whatever um, is really different from us where if that was the case, then when Adam and Eve had um, sinned, that would have been it for mankind. But clearly that's not the case. We're all here working out our own faith with God. And thank God for that. Thank God for that because I'd have been lost a long time ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I probably well, still because... am lost. I'm still drifting right. out on the ocean, but <laughs> But yeah. Oh, you're you're closer. I, I can see shore from here. It's fine. We're we're gonna get there. You bet. But um, yeah. And so it's it's hard to understand. But it's like the difference between us and I don't know, a rock or a mm. bird or I mean, all these things have different natures. We have a different nature from a dog. Mm. Yeah. We have a different nature from an angel, and one can't fully understand the other. One may understand the other a little bit hmm. you know well, this is so interesting after our uh space trilogy discussion as well oh, yeah it kind of it's an interesting just uh, uh interesting difference so well, i don't know that joe walton is trying to make theological points i think she is enjoying herself um i don't know how you feel about that oh yeah well i reread her afterward and she kind of talks about a little bit about the fact that or maybe it was in a link that you sent that we'll have to put oh. to her blog, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where she has all these pictures. Yeah. It's great. She's yeah, got a post uh, called Lent, uh, Lent, comma, some illustrations. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll Those were great. And mm -hmm. I would really like to sit down in that chair that he invented that's talked about in the book. And mm -hmm. she shows a picture of it that's supposed to be super comfortable. However, um, she does kind of talk about that and say, you know, she's not really trying to correct theology, but she's acknowledging here the different differences between her and, you know, like Gregory of Nyssa mm -hmm. thought it was great. And later Augustine's like, I don't think so. And mm -hmm. here's why. But that's also the process of working out reasoning on theological matters too. Yeah. yeah. You know, you get more thinking, you take more things into mind. And what Joel Walton is doing, when you were reading the catechism, I just thought, oh, this shows us how purely it's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, which I appreciate because she's kind of doing in that sense what Ted Chang has done in the stories that we've read by him. Mm -hmm. She starts off with, what if yep. a demon could be sorry? Mm. He, well, he'd have to leave hell because nothing has changed once you're in hell and there's no God. So there's no hope and there's no free will or whatever. Mm -hmm. But where is their free will? Okay, so I have to put him in the world. I mean, I can really see... She's being super honest with this question, and then where does it lead? Yeah, indeed. And once yeah. she does that, then if he gets back free will, and if he can return to some of the memories of what it was like in heaven and how much he misses God, and he's super sorry, because she's putting him into the realm of human beings at that point, mm -hmm. then and he's living as a human being, then yeah. her book is super honest in how it follows it out. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And it's it's a really fascinating meditation on a lot of things that do apply to us, which is why we like him, right? Right, right. 
Absolutely right. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, like so many other things in science fiction and fantasy, this allows you to look at things. You know, this kind yes. of thought experiment allows you to back up and look. And uh, some of the most compelling things about this book are uh, like, what is it like in hell? You know, um, <laughs> and how and, and the anguish. I mean, she she just nails. I'm reading this book and I could I could it was like visceral feeling when he's talking about how 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 much this torments him to go back to hell and to remember everything that he was and that he's got to go back. And Mm -hmm. then when he starts, there's this rock, right? When he starts to, when he's on the earth, as soon as he realizes what all his lives were by touching this rock. The grail, yeah. Yeah. Now he's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just kills me, (laughs) you know, that he's like, oh my gosh. And I am a demon. I am outside the view of God. Or outside the, uh, I don't know, what's the right word? Uh, it's not like God doesn't know he, he exists, but it's like, um, well, well, that's what hell is, right? Hell is yeah, the absence. Yeah, God is of, absent. Yeah, yeah, God is absent, right. So so for him, God is absent. He can't even pray. Um, he, he, you know, it's hopeless. He just feels completely hopeless. And then, um, gosh, then, yeah. he, then he dies and falls into hell uh, time and time again. I and, love that uh, line just um, because he's he's they're all hung and then they burn their bodies so that there can be no relics for anyone to take. Mm-hmm. And um, because he does have supporters when he's killed, and every time he dies, on most of the times, unless he's run away to do something else, like I'm going with Columbus or something, yeah. he still dies, but not mm-hmm. in the same place. But every time he dies that way, it says. Somebody said, well, we'll know when you die if you were good or bad because <laughs> all good people for, for, fall forward on their face and all the damned fall on your, their backs. And when he – the first time he goes through this, when he says he falls forward – he falls not forward onto his face like good people but on his back like the damned. And I went, oh, what? <laughs> I was – oh, no. But mm-hmm. I love that phrase because it's continually repeated. Oh, yeah, we see each time he's been trying and cha- to change things, um, it never works. He's still oh, back on his yeah. back, and it's just like I can just feel that you know, uh, no chance for redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything that he does, everything that he tries to do, and he still, it's like uh, futile. But the great thing about it, um, a friend of mine who read this book, she saw my review and she got it and read it and she really loved it, except she was like, well, the theology. And I went, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, as good Catholics, we've got that out of the way. Let's talk about the book. <laughs> and um, she said, I don't think the author intended this, but basically what she did was turn this into a story of purgatory for demons. Hmm. Interesting. Be- yeah. Because this would be the um, – continually like in Dante where they're subjected to the, they're not subjected to it, but they're like, so the envious, they have their eyes sewn shut mm-hmm. because it was through seeing things. They became envious. I think that's right. The proud carry around a big rock on their backs. Cause that's what pride was like. And um, so him continually going to where there's no God. And even if he can't feel it because there's an absence of God. And so everything is fruitless and empty and ashes. Um, 
knowing what he turned away from. And then when he's back on earth, he feels it and he longs for it. Yeah. And <clears throat> so that's the making you aware of what you've lost and making you want to work toward it. And so that I thought was kind of a beautiful idea in terms of looking at the book is because at one point Crookback, who's another interesting character says, well, when we're purified enough, we can do this. Mm. And I'm like, looking at it again, thinking about my friend's comment, it's like, yeah, that's like a, a purgatorial process in that sense. Yeah, but right. the thing that's great about it is what all these times coming back to Earth does is every time, practically, he's with friends. And even when his friends know that he's a demon, they've learned to love him enough beforehand that they still try to help him figure out a way to overcome his damnation. Right, yep. Yeah, which is cool. You know, he is treated differently by some, right? Well, yeah. inevitably. Inevitably, yep. Yeah. You find out a friend of yours is a child molester, you just look at him differently. <laughs> For sure. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, what, what a demon is, is, again, you know, that irrevocable thing. You know, you, you started to read that you now, not forward onto his face like good people, but onto his back. Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, you don't happen to have that page open, do you? I, well, you know, it's in numerous places. <laughs> yeah. Me, uh, um, the reason is, I was just thought, you know, let's give people a taste of, of her oh, writing. Yeah. Let me, so um, I'm at, uh, or you okay. feel free. No, please do. No, where are you? Chapter 17. Okay. I'm on page 173. Oh, that is chapter 17. Cool. Yeah. And what, the rope um, breaks. And the rope breaks. If you wouldn't mind reading, um, hold on. Just uh, see the first. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, right, right up till uh, it's not unbearable. Okay. Awesome. And the rope breaks, and he falls into the fire, not forward onto his face like good people, but on his back like the damned. He lands on his back, slamming into hell with a force that would have knocked out the breath and broken all the bones of a living man. He knows he is not that, nor never has been. There is no saving moment in which he knows nothing, no breathing space, no time in between the expectation of God's mercy and the reality of damnation. There is no moment when he can wonder if this is dream or delirium. This is reality, unquestionably, and this is hell. You cannot change or breathe or learn in hell. The knowledge hits him in the instant of landing and strikes harder than his impact. He knows all at once that he is damned and that this is his torment. He is a demon, beaked and bat-winged and foul. He was sent into the world to live without this knowledge, only to make this moment of returning what it is, hell. It is not unbearable, for he must bear it. Wow, that's awesome. And then later on, he's, he realizes he's been through it again. It talks about what hell is like, and it's very effective. And he says, he has done it before. He can do it again. Yet it is only now that he realizes the full horror of his predicament. He has been lent to earth again and again, and in endless iteration will go on being lent, be born again, and go through that same life of hope and ignorance, only to return again and again to this first appalling moment where he must face the fact that he has forever lost God and all hope and possibility of God's love. 
This is what it means to be damned. Wow. And I just mm-hmm. found that so effective in terms of, I mean, it really hit me. And, and that definition of what hell is, you know, there mm-hmm. is no hope. He's forever lost God and all hope and possibility of God's love. And in that sense, it's that cautionary tale. You don't want that to happen to you. Right, right. You know? Yeah, and this this moment where, you know, he was sure that he was going to heaven. That's the worst, and man. And then, boom, lands on his back in hell with immediate remembrance of everything and immediate knowledge of his situation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that really affected me when I was reading is the breathing. Uh, remember, he, he can't breathe in hell. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the things when he's, when he's back on earth and he has memory of everything is, you know, he'll take deep breaths sometimes and just revel in how it feels. Love Cause that. Man. Yeah, because there's a moment in the book and it says, well, when you can't hope for heaven, what do you do? And it says, well, you enjoy the pale imitations that are here on earth. And he mm-hmm. loves eating an apple, which, ah, that's a good one, Joe yeah. Wilton. I like that. <laughs> Loved apples. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, he he enjoys the things of life that you can enjoy, like you say, the breathing, the sense. The, um, what struck me when I was reading that out loud, though, is that in the sense of this book, there are so many things that are absolutely right. You know, forgetting the big picture theology or whatever of it, it's that idea that um, even though this is being done to him for the purpose of torture, essentially, damnation, in this book, it is taken by God and turned to good. Hmm. The fact that when he is in Earth on the second iteration that we see, and when he touches the Grail Stone, then all those memories come back, and he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. So then he can start working toward well, what it, what if this works? What if that works? Mm-hmm. You know, and he can tell his friends, and they believe him, and um, so it's kind yeah. of. In our own lives, it's that idea of I've done this thing and it's really awful, but I can try to make up for it. Mm -hmm. I can try to change things in the future. Yeah, and it's an interesting meditation, too, on um, the effects of your decisions on others. Yeah. You know, just as, you know, people as we move forward, um, Mm -hmm. how delicate a thing it is, um, you know, we, we have this history in behind us, right? Where, you know, not only in our own lives, but just human history and how fragile it all was based on someone's decision and, and things like that. It's really interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in our own lives, you know, uh, they talk about how sin can kind of permeate a community. Um, you know, it's like you, yeah. you are sinning or whatever. It, it affects more than just you. It does affect your community, how that happens. Um, you know, it could just be how you're acting, uh, trying to hide something or, or whatever. But the your actions have consequences that are deeper than just you. It's never just you, right? Yeah, it ripples to everyone around you, and then it ripples out even more, and... I mean, we have the big example of the sex scandals in the church. Hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, 
that's such a horrible thing. And yet it's a fairly small percentage, but it affects the church as a whole and how everybody on the outside sees them mm-hmm. and reacts. And then that's just a visible sign of what happens in your own life. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're saying, the effects of sin. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was feeling that as I was reading it, you know, and, you know, he gets these do overs, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so, uh, you know, he's dropped in. I was never clear on is he dropped in? Does he live his whole life again or is yeah. somehow he dropped right back in that no, no. moment? Yeah. Is that what he you, lives his whole life again? He lives his whole life again. Okay. Yeah. 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 Really interesting. Because, yeah, he's not possessing. This is not a demon possessing Girolamo, uh, uh, Gerolamo, <laughs> right? This nope. is a demon is Girolamo. Yes. Yeah. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing the name right. Yeah, I'm we're, sorry. We're I both... apologize to everyone for getting yes, that incorrect. Every Italian and person yeah. who knows how to say it. Right. We are not abled in that language. <laughs> well, and because that happens with Crookback, if you think about it. So mm. as the book goes along, a very sinister character named Crookback shows up and he's a very powerful person, but he's got a hunched back. In one mm. case he's at one point he's Richard the Third. Yeah, know, that was that was so cool. He's Richard the <laughs> Third. That was How a funny. great whimsical touch. Yeah. Um And it's whenever, interesting that he was only um, Richard the Third uh, like he wasn't Richard III all the time. It was like... Almost never, really. Yeah, it was just, just fascinating. Really cool. It's like he was always somebody different. Yeah. But um, once they give him the Grail Stone, and I can't remember now, I've read this book just long enough ago, why it uh-huh. is that they give him the Grail Stone. Well, whether, they, they felt like... Well, they, they were think worried. He like, th- he was Charles, right? He would He was going to come... That was you know, so they were they suspected that he was a demon, and okay. they thought maybe if they gave him the stone, he would remember and then be like you know Girolamo, right? So super helpful. Exactly. But, but it was see, the he's opposite a demon. It was the opposite <laughs> yeah. of that, right? See, he's not a demon who's been trying to be a good monk all the time. Right, by the way, right, exactly. Yeah. He's okay, like, that's what I thought. But then I was yeah. like, I can't remember. I can remember the moment. When they give it to him and he's like, you. Yeah, that was powerful. You know, Brother. How, how dare you? Yeah. 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 But it's kind of like after that, he does know what's going on. He's doesn't have to touch that stone to he remember doesn't. who he yeah. is. And, and that, you know, and the fact that he was these different lives, you mm-hmm. know, that says too that he's like a higher ranking thing, yeah. right? And, and in fact, I think they, they call him a prince of hell. Mm-hmm. Right? So... So, uh, Girolamo is a duke, yeah. I guess, right? And then this yeah. guy's a prince. So, so in fact, uh, Crookback in hell tortures. You know, oh, at yeah. one point, you know, he shreds him to pieces and drops him all over. Yes. <laughs> Wipes his fingers through him, yeah. which is excruciating. Just, and I'm yeah. like, this is gross. Yeah. yeah, just something. Yeah. Um, but he was, was clearly also, upset. Well, and when I was looking back through the book to get notes for this, I was surprised now with this knowledge to see how early Crookback really shows up. Hmm. Because he's in chapter 15. Hmm, okay. Just for a second, I'm pretty sure it says, there is a demon leering in the corner of his cell. It's ah. just a small one. No more than a misshapen head with a pair of hands attached below the neck. Girolamo scowls at it. It opens its mouth wide and sticks out its tongue, which is forked and longer than its body. He throws his sandal at it, and it scuttles away crab-like on bent fingers. Ooh, yeah. That's got to be him. And it's the 
crab-like because yeah. whenever he's a demon, he's scuttling right. like a crab. Right. Which goes with a crooked back, which is kind mm-hmm. of like a crab shell in that sense. Wow. Yeah. So he's there. Yeah. So he's there always, except when Girolamo is doing things like going away and getting married instead or going away to sea or whatever else he's doing. And later on in the book, he's like, I was looking for you. Every time, once mm-hmm. I touched that stone, I always was looking for you, but you didn't show up. Hmm. Come on. You know, you were wow. running away. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then, a, that's a using your talents type of thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, you you have things that you should be doing. Do yeah, those things. Really? Do those well, things. Because <laughs> yeah. it's funny because um, toward the, at the very end, and this is, I think, man, what a good writer. And this is my friend and I were talking about this too and agreeing that um, the talent it takes, I thought, because cr- to make us sympathetic with a crookback. Mm. And so you, you're, he's not likable like Girolamo is, but mm. he, um, as the book goes, you suddenly, toward the end anyway, suddenly go, oh my gosh, wait wait, I think he's trying to work with him. Hold on. But we realize it through these hints before Girolamo realizes it. And everything Mm -hmm. else has been told to us by Girolamo. Mm -hmm. But this, just because of Crookback's actions and some of the things, a few of the things that he gets across to him, you're just like, I think think if they work together. I mean, I got super excited. Hmm. I was, I don't know if you felt that way. I was just like, I think, oh, oh my gosh. They're going to have to work together. Uh-huh. And then, of course, right after that is when um, he takes over the person and goes, look, here's what has to happen. You can't <laughs> get this stone because the goal is to, to harrow hell mm-hmm. thoroughly. Get the stone into hell, and open, which is what Jesus used to open at hell the first time, they mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Then they can get out. But what does that take? It takes them working together. It takes them trusting each other. It takes Girolamo not trying to do everything himself, but giving Crookback the stone. Mm-hmm. And these are all the things he has learned or has been experiencing through working with his friends already. And it always it says at the beginning, his besetting sin is pride. Well, of course, demons are proud. Mm, That's right. the mother of all sins or father of all sins, right? Yeah. And so, um, he's got to overcome that. And realize he can't do everything. And it's not that he loves Crookback, but it's what's left to him. Right. Wow. Don't wow. you think? Yeah, I do think. You know, and um, th- th- this review that you, we should probably mention this person's name. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it's a great review. It is a wonderful Only review. Karen, book, Karen yeah. Carlson. Yeah. Um, wonderful review. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she, she puts forward the theory that maybe Crookback is Satan himself. And uh, uh, Girolamo is, uh, or Girolamo is mm-hmm. uh, like a brother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but th- it's interesting to me in what you you're saying. It, it sort of supports it in my head because it could be that that Lucifer, if if we're if we're having the idea of. Um, you know, uh, that these guys want to be redeemed, at least, uh, Girolamo does, Mm -hmm. then, um, Satan could be wanting out, uh, because he doesn't like to be out of God's sight, 
but it doesn't mean that he's redeemed. And I never got the feeling that Crookback was, but I can see that he's really sorry that this happened because he doesn't like it, right? N- not because of anything else, right? But um, well, I don't know Sh- if this is... Sure, yeah. Lomo, at the end, he's mm-hmm. like, he doesn't want to give him the stone, right? Uh-huh. And he says, um, if you, and so uh, he says, do you remember heaven? And Crookback uh-huh. says, yes. And if you get a move on and give me the stone, there's a chance we can get back there someday when we're purified enough. You can't do this alone, Asbiel, which is Girolamo's demonic or angelic name. Uh And I can't either. You have to trust me. Hell is always divided against itself. If we can do this together, that's what it's impossible to say in hell. The house divided against itself cannot stand. That means hell cannot stand, Girolamo says. Let's bring it down, brother. And that's Crookback. You said you were going to storm heaven, Girolamo says, still hesitating, though he hears the feet of the other comforter on the stairs returning. Do you believe you're the only one who can learn from lifetimes here and in hell? Crookback slithers out from between the comforter's lips. And so then Girolamo yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, because it's puzzling at the end when, you know, the gates of heaven are opened. And yeah, you get you get like the feeling the like yeah, you get the feeling like that that's a happy ending, right? But is yeah. it, you know, it's like um for Girolamo, I believe that he's in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, has been redeemed. And mm-hmm. now he's in God's sight. But are all the demons? Is it just him? And, and I, I certainly don't believe... We're not told about believe, anyone but him. I certainly don't believe that all of the demons uh, wanted repentance like he does. I'm, I'm sure that some of them are still very prideful and angry and... Um, you know, all that. And then, you know, Crookback could be the same way. He's like, well, I want to be back in there because what I really want to do is storm heaven again. Well, but he doesn't so. act like that. He does yeah. say, you think you're the only one who can learn anything? That's that right. You want to be yeah. back with he our brothers? Yeah. Well, and I, I would say here's where if you're going to really subject it to a piercing scrutiny, it totally would fall down because uh-huh. the whole, the whole um, basis of the harrowing of hell in this book is that there are no people in hell. The idea being, I think, in this universe, looking at it, is that Jesus took everybody out of hell with him. Whereas mm. in Catholic theology, the people he took out of hell were the people, um, the gates of heaven weren't open yet. So he took Adam and Eve, and he took Moses, and he took Abraham, and he took all the people who were worthy of heaven eventually, but it wasn't, you couldn't get there. So all the people who were damned and didn't want to be with God, because that is also Catholic theology, is it's essentially your choice. God respects your free will. And if you really don't want to be with him and you're unrepentant, which is what we saw in Dante when we read it Mm -hmm. um, in his interpretation of it, then he's going to not make you be around him. It would be painful to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, And so Walton makes very clear, you know, uh, that, that pain. She's really good at that. (laughs) Right. And so, (laughs) yeah. So the idea would be, in her, this is kind of a really kind of a universal humanist-ish mm-hmm. look, maybe. I don't know. And if, if, I, if I get all those terms wrong, forgive me. But basically, mm. it's the idea that it's that thing that the person in the review said. Everybody gets to go to heaven. Mm. Everybody can be redeemed. God can fix everyone. Well, then what about free will? Do your choices right. not matter? Yeah. Do you your intentions don't matter? And so, this is where you can't. I think you can't subject it to that scrutiny. The only thing we're told about 
Girolamo. I assume also Crookback, he worked with him. And whether he's Satan or not, it doesn't matter. They were all demons who went to, there's, you know, they all turned against God, stormed heaven. And what I loved is um, the pain that she communicates. And I never thought about it like this because, you know, you don't think about demons that much, and that's probably not bad. Um, but at one point, Crookback is talking when he first touches the stone and knows who he is, and he is sneering at them. And he says, um, what, free all the demons to ravage earth? Because he says, harrow hell and free the trapped souls, as Girolamo says. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a ridiculous plan as he says it. So then Crookback says, what, free all the demons to ravage earth? Not such a bad plan as I thought, he sneers. But I think it might be better used to renew our old plan of storming heaven. This is my one and only chance. You'll never let me have it again. Are you with me, Osbiel? You were once. Remember how we wanted to reshape the universe and remake the world without pain? Girolamo stares at him, stunned by hearing his old name. He does almost remember now the desire, if not the details. Raphael's appalled face, Gabriel weeping, Michael wide-eyed with shock with his hand on his sword. And that's the thing that you continually get <clears throat> whenever he's thinking about heaven or his desire to go there. And here's the word brother a lot of the time. Hmm. He always imagines how the shock and pain on his brother Angel's faces who were not fallen, the betrayal that he gave to them. And that's also a wonderful little reflection of what you do to other people when you sin. Yeah, for sure. And betray them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, um, and what you read there might, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't able to point to that, uh, mm -hmm. but it, I don't know that I ever trusted Crookback at all. I didn't until the very end. Mm -hmm. um, and at the very end is when he says, you know, you think you're the only one who can't change? And that's yeah. when I went, oh, okay. All right. Hmm. Because in the last iteration of Hell, let's see if I can find it quickly. Uh -huh. He says something to him about, let's see. He says, are you going to give me the stone? Crookback asks, peering down at him, which is funny because whenever he's a demon on earth, he's a little tiny demon. Yeah. <laughs> In hell, he's huge. <laughs> right. Yeah. Girolamo <laughs> um, uh, stays where he is on the floor. No, I gave it to you once and you got us all killed. Defiance is pointless, but so is everything else. What's the point of herring off to the ends of the earth or hiding in Venice with your woman when you have the one thing that can change everything? Crookback makes a sound of frustration and rips Girolamo in half. <laughs> Girolamo waits for a moment to see whether Crookback will dissect him further, but when he does not, he drags his two severed halves together and completes himself again. We need to talk on earth, he says, when he can speak. I went to talk to you, but you weren't even there, Crookback snarls which is what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I won't give you the stone, but I'll be there. I'll talk to you if I can. You don't bloody have to do everything yourself. Who do you think you are? So puffed up with pride, Crookback says. Stop trying to control everything as if you're king of the world. And then he gets pulled back into the earth. But mm -hmm. um, it's that whole thing of even in hell where you can't speak positively or think positively or anything else, Crookback is at that point trying to say we've got to work together on this deal yeah yeah um amazing yep it, it's the tearing him in half thing that 
<laughs> that I think made me go, hmm. Yeah. I just think that's He's like still got him. some anger issues. Well, <laughs> but I think, you know, when remember when Girolamo was there, he was trying to pray, but he couldn't. He just yeah. traced the sign of the cross and it meant nothing. Right, right. And he felt nothing and he couldn't even think what it was supposed to mean a lot of the time. Yeah. So um, these are the old habits. I don't know. And maybe he's not, and it doesn't really matter because that's the point of the story is not what happens to hell. It's Girolamo's yeah. journey. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, it's just interesting for me to think about. Oh, no, no. Yep. I, it, you're not wrong to think about it because I think that's, um, I think to set all the demons free to do damage on the earth is not the goal. Right. Which is why Girolamo keeps holding out and running away and everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's something, you know, is these are things that we just don't know. You know, are all mm-hmm. all demons living lives on Earth? Um well, obviously they're not because some of them are, you know, uh being banished <laughs> by Girolamo. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. doing whatever it is they're doing, you know, uh uh, you know, tempting and doing all the demon things do yeah uh, all the things demons do yes but I, I like this theory uh, uh about satan and his brother just because they seem to be special um and and the idea that maybe they were as is in this review the first troublemakers that oh, makes yeah. it kind of uh it, it adds a little layer of significance that i like but there is no reason you know it doesn't have to be that but but I, well, I like the theory. Let me just put it that way. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. you're right. It is, and she's right. It, it is appropriate that if they were the ringleaders, it's appropriate they're the ones to kind of see. Wow, this was a, I made a huge mistake, <laughs> and uh, to lead the others back into um, the right way. Right. Right. And we aren't shown any of the other demons or anything else. All we're shown is hell, and so there's no telling. Any yeah. of that other stuff is beyond the scope of what we're it shown. It is, and it's pure conjecture. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like most really good books, the you know, book there, is. there is room for <laughs> there is room for these thoughts, and uh, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why it's so enjoyable is because this is open. Yeah, and uh, you know, you've got this room to roam. <laughs> yeah, so. although I find it less fruitful to think about those demons because I don't really care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the main two, then in thinking of it as in relation to us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the more interesting thing for me mm-hmm. is in fact, I just a couple of days ago had direct inspiration from this book because um something came up between me and a friend and it was a small thing, but we were starting to argue about it, right? Mhm. And Um, not seriously, but we'd had one exchange via email, which was a bit sharp. And I was on my morning walk and I was kind of thinking about it and I was going, yeah, but we're both trying to do the right thing. And I was like, it made me think of Crookback and Girolamo. And I was like, I am not going to be like those two demons Hmm. snipping at each other. I'm going to back off. It doesn't really, in the long run, this thing we're arguing about does not matter. Hmm. Um, it was just something we were trying to get done Very in a nice. certain way. Cool. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not giving into that. This is, this is, it doesn't matter if I get my yeah. way. Nice. My way is 
just as her way is just as good as mine and, you know, moving on. And so it was really fruitful for me in that instance to think about that book, which popped into my mind. So thank you, Joe Walton. <laughs> way to go. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So what do you think about the title Lent? It was great, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And there was kind of a double meaning there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, a lot of the times Girolamo is giving uh, homilies during Lent, <laughs> you know, and, and it just mentions, oh, we're during, we're in the Lenten season and we're doing this, right? Which is the, the, the lead up, right? Or the penance before Easter. Yeah. And, um, and then there's also this idea that you read earlier about Girolamo being lent to the world, um, in, in Joe Walton's words, being lent over and over and mm-hmm. over. Yeah. And if we, if we look at, of course, this period of Lent, which we've talked about here many times before, but it's it's penance, it's self-examination, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is uh, trying to correct your largest sins or the sins that seem to be getting in between you and God. And I'm like, this whole yeah. book mm-hmm. is Lent yeah. for Girolamo. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I heard that she was writing a book called Lent, I was like, well, of course I'm going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-ordered it immediately. Yeah. Well, and she did a short story. Oh, yes. Probably, yeah. About St. Zenobius. Right. I can't remember the precise name of, but it is mm. a great short story. Yeah. And I had commented on it somewhere and she came back. Oh, I, I think it was St. Zenobius's feast day is my birthday. Mm, right. So I had put up a post and, and mentioning her and this story and everything. And she came and commented on it and said, if you like that, you might like a book that I've just had come out. And that was this book, Lent. And mm. she was absolutely right. Yep. So terrific. Um, Love it. I wanted to mention also, unless you have more to say about it. No, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the way she talked about heaven. And it's not just the missing God or um, the shock on his brother's faces and everything. At one point, uh, somebody's dying. He's a poet or loves poetry. And he says, Will there be poetry in heaven? I think there will be something better, Girolamo confides, something that poetry reminds us of, and that is why we are drawn to love it. I think loving all earthly beauty is a way to lead us to love heavenly beauty. So there will not be sunsets or poetry, but there will be something like them, but even better. Mm. Cool. I just love that. Yeah, just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, And a real beautiful. understanding of, yes, that's mm-hmm. right, that's... You know, the way he loves God, the way he's praying, the way he's, I mean, these things, the feelings and the expressions and everything are, I just felt they were really true. Mm. You know? Yep. Love it. Love it. So, if you hate Savranolo, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend this is some other guy named him. Because <laughs> he is. He's, he's right. her idea that she's expressing mm. all these ideas through. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What about you? That's what, cool. What else is there? Oh man, uh, I I was really you know if 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 I never read this book again, what I would remember is uh, Girolamo's pain. Mm. Uh, that really it really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there was like a time where he decided, okay, in this life, I'm going to go ahead and marry Isabella, and we're going to have a family. And then I'm going to have grandkids and all this happened. And then he died and went to hell. 
Yeah. And it, it was like, he knows he's going to be put back on earth, but those people, he's never going to see them again in yeah. any way. You know, oh, it was rough. And uh, just this idea of this over and over and over and uh, this longing for God, yet he couldn't get there. Um, that was beautiful. I mean, it was it was tragic and beautiful, but very well done and very affecting. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll remember. And beautifully well, written, too. I mean, I could read oh, yeah. passage after passage where I'm just like, that... that that line, you know, he fell on his back like the damned, you know, and yes. she, she rewrote that sentence in slightly different ways many times. And it was just like, oh, wow. It's like poetry, yeah. poetry. Eventually, just that line just hits you and hits you yeah. and hits you. And the repetition is so effective. Right. So one other thing I'd really like to mention is um, yeah. in, in the Los Angeles Times, I found a review written by uh, Cory Doctorow. And I just oh. found this super interesting. Um, It says here, uh, so this is Cory Doctorow, uh, Walton's acknowledgments tell the tale. As with The Just City, which is another novel of hers, Walton was able to draw on the expertise of her friend, Florentine traveling companion and colleague Ada Palmer, Mm. a University Mm -hmm. of Chicago Renaissance history professor whose own science fiction novels envision a future rendered with a richness that is startling and profound. And it says, uh, Palmer's specialty is forbidden knowledge. But this was cool. It says, Palmer's pedagogy uses the technique of rerunning history. She is legendary for her annual live-action role-playing game in which students reenact the 1492 papal election over a two-week game of alliances and backstabbings. Wow. Every year, the students' picks are a mix of recurring finalists and wild cards, which tells a broader story of how, about how much the great forces of history, in quotes, predetermine and what role personal agency plays in our historical outcomes. So I just think that that was just awesome. So <clears throat> I actually have on my shelf, but unread, like too many other things, um, Ada Palmer's novel, Too Like the Lightning. Oh, Have you read that one? I've never, I mean, I've heard of her only through Joe Walton mentioning, and when I was in Florence, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got to get that high up my list. I'd really like to get that read, um, just because I think that that's fascinating. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. But it's a book that she wrote in 2016, and I believe, I hope this is correct information, but Ada Palmer won the, the Campbell Award for Best New Writer. Oh, neat. Uh, after that novel. Yeah. I think, so... But uh, but I just find that that's fun. <laughs> that is fun. Yeah. How interesting. So. Well, and the other thing that interested me about this is that this book to me, I mean, it is so religious. Yes. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's fantasy. But I was fascinated by the fact that it's, you know, Tor.com was helping her. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Tor published it. Mm-hmm. And um, all these people who are very secular were really loving it and everything. And I thought also from a religious viewpoint, you look at it and you go, oh, I wonder what everybody will take away from it. Maybe some of this longing for God and, you know, the pain of hurting other people kind of will seep into some of that consciousness and um, help everybody to look a little deeper, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so, we can we can hope. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. So I think it's terrific. Yeah. So very well done. Yeah. Yeah. I love yep. it. I have more Joe Walton to read. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No I question. liked among others was, was good, but it was so much about books and so little mm. b- about plot. And I wonder if this book, People will say, people say it's so much about history and so little about, you uh, know, whatever the story is. But I think this one, she's to me, she's got the perfect blend. Wow. Yeah. You know, once you get over that first hump, unless you're like me and love this historical uh, fiction stuff, uh-huh. or it's like, ooh, this is interesting, the, yeah. all the politics. And <laughs> I, I liked that part. Yeah. So. It reminded me of Shella Barger, right? Isn't oh that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Shella, Samuel Shella Barker. Barker. That's Shella who I Barker. thought of. Yeah. yeah, that's who I thought of when I was reading it. Yeah, and that's so. why I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've had early training in reading and rereading his books. So. Yeah, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, so I'm so glad you picked it. Oh, thanks. Good. And gave it to me for my birthday and yes. <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff. Happy birthday! Yeah. Yes, it was a good birthday. That's good. I yeah. Love it. Okay, yeah. Um, so what's next for us? Uh, there it is, Om Omkara. Omkara, which is a fellow retold. Is that yes? Correct? It's okay. a retelling, and it's not a direct interpretation. But there's uh-huh. a whole lot uh, that is direct, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's an Indian telling of Othello. Wonderful. So but it's Excellent. my pick, obviously, if it's an Indian <laughs> movie, right? Right. With That's a couple great. of songs and dances. Oh, thank goodness. I was, and, um, I was hoping that that was going to happen. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> maybe not as cheerful as they could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. Yeah, but it's um, this will be my third time seeing it, and I can't wait. It's, oh, that's This cool. is a masterful telling that is regularly called this particular director's best movie. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it very much. Very good. much. Yeah. Glad. Well, good. Okay. All right. Well. Thank you very much for this discussion, and thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. All right, see you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. (laughs) 